First Peter chapter 5 is the scripture reading for this evening. And we read the whole chapter, and the text will be verse 7, but we will also be looking at verse 6 because it ties in very closely to a right understanding of verse 7. First Peter chapter 5, Peter is coming to the end of his letter and gives the saints some final exhortations. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble." Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, in the rest of the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The text is verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, everywhere in the Bible, God gives his people encouragement to pray. Just listen for a moment and, and take in, as I give you just a few of the verses where God encourages his people to pray. In Psalm 50, verse 15, God says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee. In Psalm 102, verse 17, we read, God will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. 
In Psalm 145, verses 18 and 19, we read, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, God says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. In the New Testament, Jesus, in Luke chapter 18, gives an entire parable. In fact, he gives two parables in order to emphasize how God's people ought always to be praying. In Luke 18, verse 1, we read, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. At the end of his letter to the Philippians, the Apostle Peter, or the Apostle Paul, excuse me, writes this, Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, shall protect your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. At the end of his letter to the Colossians, he writes the same thing. Continue in prayer. At the end of his first letter to the Thessalonians, he writes, Pray without ceasing. Over and over, the scriptures encourage us to pray. And here this evening, we're going to look at just one other verse found in the scriptures where we are encouraged to pray. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And what we should be mindful as we hear all these verses, we should be mindful that it's not just the Apostle Paul or it's not just the psalmist, David, who's encouraging or exhorting us to pray. It's God Himself. It's God Himself. Your Creator, the one who's made you, who's fashioned you body and soul, who knows you better than you know yourself, who knows what's going to be good for you, He says, pray. Your Redeemer, your Savior, your Heavenly Father who loves you, who knows your struggles, who knows your daily stresses and your griefs, and again, who knows what will be good for you. He exhorts you with strong exhortations. Pray. Always be praying. And sometimes we need that encouragement, don't we? Sometimes we need that reminder. Maybe we look at our devotional lives or we, we just are weak spiritually. And then we hear something like this and it tells us where to go and that's sometimes what we need. And again, what we have tonight is just another strong encouragement to pray. As we look at the, the season before us, the planting and growing season, and, and we look at everything in life, right? The season of life that you are in, whatever that season may be, this is a fitting word. Cast, casting all our cares upon the Lord. That's the theme for this evening. Casting all our cares upon the Lord. We look at three things. First, the command. Second, the reason. And third, the benefit. The command in verse 7 is this. Casting all your cares upon Him. Now that might not sound like a command at first, just the, the way that it's worded, casting your cares upon Him. But it is a command, and we know it's a command because it's connected to verse 6. And in verse 6, you have the first part of the sentence, you have a clear command. Humble yourselves. That's the command in verse 6. Humble yourselves. 
That's the main part of the sentence. And then in verse 7, you have the same sentence. And here you have the attending duty that we must perform as we are humbling ourselves. We must cast our cares on the Lord. So it's a command. Humble yourselves. And as you are humbling yourselves, cast your care upon the Lord. So it is a command. To understand this command, we need to ask two questions. What are cares and what does it mean to cast them on the Lord? That's the command. What are cares and what does it mean to cast our cares on the Lord? Well, in order to understand what the word cares is referring to in verse 7, we need to go back again to verse 6 because these two verses are intimately connected together. Verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And as you are doing that, as you are humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, cast your care upon him. That's how these two verses fit together. So to understand these cares, we should look, we should take the time to look at verse 6 for a moment. Humble yourselves. To humble ourselves means, at its heart, it means acknowledging that God is God in my life. To humble myself means that I recognize that my life does not belong to me, but it belongs to God. It belongs to God not only because he's my maker, he's my creator, but it belongs to God also because he's the one who's purchased me. I'm his possession. He's bought me with the precious blood of his son. What? Don't I know that my bodies and my souls belong to the Lord? So I humble myself in that knowledge. He's the one who gets to rule me as he pleases. He's the one who directs my life. He's the one who has his purpose with my life. He's the potter and I am the clay. It is his life to do with as he sees fit. That's what it means to humble ourselves. I am not God. God is God. And to humble ourselves also means that then we don't seek our own will. We're not pursuing our own purposes or living for ourselves. But I'm the servant of the Lord. I'm seeking his purpose with my life. And, and as he calls me, I also seek to be subject to one another and to serve for the good of others for Christ's sake. You see, that's the opposite of pride. Because to be proud is to be self-seeking, right? I'm seeking out my own pleasure. I'm seeking out my own personal advancement. That, that's my, my whole ambition. Because... Because I have this view of myself. This is pride. I should be living for myself. I should be living for my glory and my pleasure and my welfare. But to humble myself, to be humble, is to esteem others better than myself. To, to live for them. To serve for others and seek their welfare and be subject one to another. And then ultimately it means that it is God that I'm supposed to be living for. He's the one who deserves my praise and my strength and all my trust and all my obedience. And then I live that way. That's what humility is in verse 6. That's what Peter's getting at. And that's clear when you continue to study what he means as he goes on in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. 
And what's that referring to? Well, what that is referring to is the fact that these saints to whom Peter was writing were suffering. They were going under severe, they were enduring severe persecution. That's clear from the whole letter of 1 Peter, right? The theme is your pilgrims and strangers. Every chapter talks about how they're suffering and being persecuted. You can read it in this chapter as well. Notice verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, the same afflictions you are going through, are also being carried out by your brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. So you're going through afflictions. Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. When Peter says, after you have suffered a while, what he is really implying is that he knows these saints have been suffering for a while already. They are in the midst of persecution. So what Peter means by the mighty hand of God is the sufferings that God's people are experiencing in the world. And it includes persecution, but it really includes all our sufferings, including the pain of the body, the, pain, the sickness and injuries. It includes the pain of the soul and, and the mind and the spirit. And Peter refers to all of it under the phrase, mighty hand of God. Right? All... God's providence, catechism students, is his hand whereby he upholds and governs all things. Well, everything that he sends you in his providential dealings with you, that's what Peter's referring to as the mighty hand of God. Yes, there are enemies who persecute the church. There are diseases that afflict God's people, and we can point to many of these other things that bring about our sufferings, but in the end, we understand it's all under the rule and the superintendence of our Heavenly Father. And when Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, Peter means that we must humbly confess that all our sufferings are sent to us by God, who is the sovereign Lord over all, and we confess that whatever He is pleased to send us, we are to receive it with patience, with trust, with obedience, and, and with praise even on our lips. We, we are to accept it with humility, receive it with humility. When God sends us persecution, or He sends us sickness or pain of one kind or another, we are to receive that as part of God's hand and, and His will for our lives. And we are to humble ourselves by submitting to His will for our lives and and even seek his praise and his glory in the midst of these sufferings and difficult circumstances. We humble ourselves by embracing God's rule and providence over our lives. And then by also embracing his commandments as we live the, through these sufferings he sends us. That's what verse 6 is getting at. And I explain that. I take the time to explain verse 6 because it helps us understand the command in verse 7. And it's helpful for especially two things. Verse 7 tells us we are to cast our cares upon the Lord. Verse 6 is helpful because it tells us two things. First, it tells us when we are to cast our cares upon the Lord. When are you supposed to cast your cares on the Lord? 
Well, you are to cast your cares on the Lord at the very same time that you are striving to humble yourself under His mighty hand and you're seeking to embrace in the deepest recesses of your being God's rule and God's purposes and God's commands for your life. While you are striving to be God's faithful servant, while you are responding to His providential dealings with you and the circumstances in your lives, while you are striving to do His will and love your neighbor and submit yourself to one another and striving to live in humility, at the very same time that you are doing all of that, cast your cares on the Lord. And then second, verse 6 is important because it's telling us what cares the Apostle Peter has in mind. The cares that Peter has in mind are all the experiences, all the sufferings, excuse me, all the sufferings we experience as we live under the providential rule of God. Persecution, sickness, pain, heartache, and all the cares that arise from these things in our lives. These are the cares we are to cast on the Lord. Every care you have as you walk your pilgrim journey. Every care you have as you live as a stranger here below. Living unto God, following His will for your life. Every care you have, you are to cast on the Lord. In fact, the word that Peter uses here for cares is the word that we could translate as the word anxieties. Maybe that helps us understand it. Cast all your anxieties on the Lord. Cast all your worries upon Him. Cast all your concerns on Him. The saints to whom Peter was writing had anxieties. They were being persecuted. Their faith was being severely tried. They were living each day in the awareness that their neighbors didn't want them around. They were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. They had cares. Well, you and I today also have cares, don't we? What are some of our cares? Well, maybe you have cares about your daily needs, right? That's maybe the first thing we think of when we think about prayer day. Think about the crops for this coming year. Think about your daily need for work, for the economy, regarding your whole financial situation. We have these real earthly cares about our daily bread, about our industry and our business. And we have the desire that God bless our labors because we know that except He bless, except His blessing is upon it, neither our care nor our industry can profit us. We have cares over our work, whether whether it be our relationship to our bosses or whether it be our relationship to our employees or our co-workers. There's all kinds of anxieties and stresses at work too. Think about other cares. Think about our children. That's a concern for many families. The friendships that our children have or, or don't have. Maybe as our children are growing up, And they have their own financial concerns. And we have thoughts about that. How are they going to do? Those are stresses in a marriage. Those are stresses in the single life. 
Maybe they're dating relationships. Maybe they're moving away. We have all kinds of concerns for our children. Think about concerns you have for your family. Husbands maybe have a a deep concern over their wives when they see their wives struggling with one thing or another. And wives, too, have a deep concern sometimes over their husbands when they see their husbands struggling. And there's all kinds of these struggles. Maybe we're busy caring for little children in the home, and it's busy. Maybe we're caring for our aging parents, and it's busy. Maybe we have emotional burdens or mental health concerns. We have cares. Maybe you're aging and you wonder how things are going to turn out when you can't work anymore or when your body breaks down. Maybe you have spiritual cares. Maybe there's this besetting sin in your life that you need to get rid of once and for all. Maybe you do know what, the, what Peter's talking about when he says, be vigilant because Satan as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And you, you see Satan And you feel your own spiritual vulnerability towards Him. And it's distressing to you. Maybe you're struggling over the guilt of your sins. Maybe you have cares for the church. Right? The the climate of the day. Maybe it's concern for the end times. I was just talking about that beforehand. We see the signs of the times. What will our grandchildren have to live in? Will the church remain true to the faith? Will we have peace in the church? Will the church become... uh, licentious and antinomian or or will the church become pharisaical and just be filled with the judgmental spirit and then there's there's all kinds of things over which we have no control things that god sends us by his hand of providence painful things that we go through that peter refers to as the mighty hand of god and all these things raise up cares and anxieties within us we have worries and fears these are the cares peter's talking about You're striving to submit to God's way for you. You're striving to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. God sends you difficult things, heavy responsibilities, and as a result, you have cares. You have concerns. Yes, maybe you have anxieties. That's what our cares are. That's the first part of this command. What are we supposed to do with those cares and concerns and anxieties? Well, what Peter says is this. Cast them on the Lord. Cast your cares on the Lord. And so now the second part we need to ask, what does the word cast mean? Well, it's very striking because there is only one other place in the New Testament where this specific word is used. And we can learn from that place. That's in Luke 19, verse 35. In Luke 19, you have... Jesus' triumphant arrival into Jerusalem the Sunday before he's crucified. And remember, before Jesus enters Jerusalem, he needs to make the proper arrangements. And so Jesus sends his disciples to fetch a young donkey, a colt. And the disciples bring that young donkey back to Jesus. And we read in Luke 19, verse 35, that the disciples brought the donkey to Jesus and they, quote, cast their garments upon the colt. And set Jesus thereon. Now that's very striking. The disciples had their outer robes, right, that they wore. And they took these outer robes off their own shoulders and they cast them, they threw them on the colt, and they sat Jesus thereon. 
And you say, well, why is that so striking? Well, it's striking for this reason. When the disciples cast their robes upon the donkey, it means that those robes were no longer on the disciples, right? If the garments were cast on the donkey, then those garments were no longer on the disciples themselves. And the point here is this. There was a transfer that took place from the disciples to the donkey. They cast their garments on the colt. There was a transfer. And the point is, that's what we need to do with our anxieties. Just as the disciples cast their garments on the colt, so we need to cast our anxieties on the Lord. And if we cast our cares on the Lord, that means a transfer has taken place, that our cares are no longer upon us. The cares are off our backs. They're on the Lord. And the point is this. God doesn't call you just to whine to Him about your anxieties. Right? Fold your hands, if I may use that phrase, whine about your anxieties, and then finish your prayer still carrying your anxieties on your own shoulders. That's not God's calling here. His calling here is, cast it on me. Put it on the Lord. That's the activity. Make Him wear your anxieties. Have Him carry your cares. Make a transfer so that you are no longer carrying your cares and anxieties. Put it on the Lord. So what does the word cast mean? It means this. Bring your cares before God and take them off your own shoulders and put them on Him. Make your cares God's responsibility. Put your burden of anxiety on the Lord. We, if we can say it this way, let the Lord worry about it. Make the transfer. Say, here, Lord, here are all my concerns. And not only are these things outside my control, but these are heavy burdens that are too heavy for me to carry. And you are my burden bearer. And I trust you. And so all these worries and concerns, let them be thy worries. After all, you're the sovereign one. You're really the only one who can do anything about my cares and concerns. So I'm going to leave these worries in your hands. You see, your cares, your anxieties are like a weight on your shoulders. Peter says, put that weight on the Lord. Let him carry it. So that they are God's responsibilities. And how do you do that? Well, you do that through faith, and you do that through prayer. These are the two hands, we might say, by which we, we cast our anxieties on the Lord. The hands of faith and the, hands, and the hand of prayer. We need faith because it's by faith that we look to the Lord, and we talk to the Lord, and we, we trust that He will carry our anxieties. We're trusting in Him, and then we need prayer because it is by prayer that we actually make the transfer. And we put our anxieties on the Lord so that they are no longer on us. So God says to us, while you are humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, while you are submitting to my providential dealings with you, and you're going through difficult experiences, cast your care on me. This is a command. This is something God requires us to do. This is something we must do. And Peter, of course, writes this this way by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 
Because he cares for these saints. He wants them to remain strong under the difficult in the difficult circumstances that they're put in because of their persecution. That's the command. Well, why? What's the reason we have for doing this? Why should I cast my care on the Lord? Well, the second half of the verse gives us the reason. Because He cares for you. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Literally, we could translate it like this. Casting all your care upon Him, because to Him is care concerning you. Why are we to cast our anxieties on the Lord? Because everything that causes legitimate anxiety for you is of deep concern to your heavenly Father. God is not indifferent to your earthly circumstances. He's not out of tune with, with what He's placing on you. He cares for you. What you are going through matters to Him. He's your Father. When the child of an earthly father is struggling and has many concerns and worries, it matters to his father. How much more so isn't that the case with God, our heavenly father? I think this is where the struggle is. And this is something that I need to appreciate more. And I think every child of God does. Because so often, I can say, or we can say, why does it seem so difficult to cast my cares upon the Lord? Why, why is it so hard? And it takes work. It takes faith and prayer, not just one sentence, but it, it takes this exercise. But why does it seem so difficult to make that transfer and let God bear my burdens? I can number a few things. It's so difficult because what we often struggle with is being humble. We struggle with being humble, right? This mighty hand of God is upon me, and my inclination is to push it away. We struggle against the mighty hand of God. Instead of continuing to seek God's purposes and God's glory, I still want to pursue my purposes and, and, and my glory and my ambitions and dreams. And you, you can't do both things. You can't do that and then at the same time cast your cares on the Lord. You can't be rebelling against God's will and at the same time casting your cares on Him. That, that's in conflict with each other. You can't do that. Secondly, this is maybe just putting the same idea in different words. It's so difficult to cast our burdens on the Lord because we want the control. That's why I worry about things. That's why we become anxious because we feel we're not in control and we want the control, and without having the control, we feel unsafe. And what we have to do is recognize that God is in control, and therefore I don't have to be. God is in control. And so those two reasons, those are two reasons it's so difficult for us to fully cast our care on the Lord. And yet, ultimately, the problem is this. This gets to the heart of it. We have a hard time actually trusting that God cares for us. I have a hard time believing the scriptures when it says that God cares for me. I know I care for me. Does God care for me the same way, the same 
amount. The deepest issue is my faith. Am I trusting God? In prayer, when I'm bringing my petitions before God, am I actually putting my trust in Him? Or am I simply making a list of all my anxieties? There's a difference, right? And here's the issue. In direct proportion to my confidence that God cares for me, I will perform the command of casting my cares upon the Lord. In direct proportion to my confidence that God cares for me, I will be able to perform this command of casting my cares upon Him. I will only cast my cares on the Lord to the extent that I know He cares for me. To the extent I know He cares for me, and the extent that I know He is almighty, I know He is all-wise, I know He is faithful to His promises, to the extent that I know these things, I will be able to cast my cares upon Him. And that's why I, as your pastor, need to emphasize to you this evening, beloved, God is not indifferent to you. He's not indifferent to your circumstances. He loves you. He careth for you. To Him is care concerning you. Your cares right here, right now, looking forward to the season before you. Your cares matter to Him. He is a father, a perfect father. When His children cry, He is the God who cares for His children and comforts them. And, and wipes away their tears. God is not against you pouring out your heart before Him. He's not a, against you expressing your anxieties before Him. It's not as if God is some insensitive father who says to you, big boys don't cry. It's not as if God says, repress your fear and repress your doubt and your worry and keep pushing your cares deeper into your own soul. Keep buckling up under the pressure. No, God says, cast your care upon me. Pour out your heart before me. Cast your burden on the Lord. Psalm 55, verse 22. Communicate with me. Because I care for you. And as we know, furthermore, He is the Almighty One. He is the Sovereign One. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine. He's able to turn everything to our profit, and He will. You know His promises. You can leave it in His hand. Think about it. Can you conceive of anybody who is more worthy of your trust than God? He's even more worthy of your trust than you are worthy of your trust. He knows the end from the beginning. Shall He not know your needs better than you know your needs? He who is almighty, shall he not be able to make all things work out for your salvation? He who loved you from eternity, shall he unto eternity ever stop loving you? He whose compassions fail not, whose mercies are new every morning, shall he ever tire of showing you his mercy and goodness? He cares for you. That's the reason we have for doing this. Now, a few additional comments here. There's also this reality as we think about these things. There are some anxieties that we must not cast on the Lord, but we must simply cast them away. 
right? There, there is that reality. There are anxieties that arise out of a greedy heart. Anxieties that arise out of carnal ambitions and lusts. We, we worry because we're craving after these earthly things so much and God is not pleased to give us those earthly things and, and that's coveting. And, and maybe we need to change our prayer then and, and ask God to take away those anxieties from us. So there's that consideration. Besides that, there are other anxieties that we are called to bear in a certain sense. There are responsibilities God gives to us and God says, bear up nobly under those responsibilities. To cast our cares upon the Lord doesn't mean we get to abandon all of our responsibilities and duties in life. But the point is, in all these responsibilities and duties, there are things we can't control. Whether we are successful or, or not. Right? That's maybe the basic one. And all these things that we cannot control, we must cast these things on the Lord and entrust them to His keeping and do so in the knowledge that to Him is care concerning us. He cares for me. So that's another consideration. Well, then we should ask the question, how do I know that He cares for me? It's nice for you, Pastor, to say it, how do you know that he cares for you? Well, beloved, this is exactly why it's so important to know who you are in Jesus Christ. Behold the cross and see there just how much God cares for you. That he sent his only begotten son. He himself, God, the maker of heaven and earth, came in the flesh to suffer and to die for your sins. He united himself so completely to our nature so that he could bear all the wrath that was upon us for our sin. See how he cared for you. When Jesus, God in the flesh, voluntarily, willingly descended into the abyss of hell as your substitute, not because you were deserving of it, because you merited it, but because he loves you and he wants you to be in heaven with him forever. That's how much he cares for you. Peter emphasizes this earlier in 1 Peter when he says in 1 Peter 1 verses 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. God didn't just spend a few bags of gold for you. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And now you are the adopted child of God. You're a Christian, are you not? You're a believer? And therefore, a wonderful miracle has already taken place within you. You're a regenerated child of God. The only explanation for that is the fact that God from eternity has cared for you, even in His decree of salvation. He cared for you. And then we remember those well-known words from Romans 8. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? He forgives your sins, beloved. He does all things for your sakes. You are his children. 
You are his bride. You are the apple of his eye. What's the apple of the eye? It's, it's the, the round part of your eye that you protect so that nothing hits it. That's how protective he is over you. Like the curve of your eyeball. He doesn't let anyone touch you apart from his will. You are his affection. You are his elect. And so whenever you feel yourself under the mighty hand of God, right? The mighty hand of God, even then, especially then, remember, he cares for you. You may not be able to fit together how God cares for you with all the difficult things he's doing in your life right now, but rest assured, he cares for you. In all that you are, he cares for you. So cast your cares upon him. Humble yourself before him. Throw your anxieties and your fears heavenward and let him take care of those things. You don't, you don't have to worry about anything. Your heavenly Father cares for you. That's the reason. Now, when we cast our cares on the Lord, there is also a great benefit that we enjoy. And this is very important for us to recognize. And it's very important for us to recognize because it reminds us again of the importance of prayer. Because someone here might be asking, what's the point? What's the point in praying if praying isn't going to change anything? And we might ask ourselves that same question sometimes. I go on my knees and I pray and I pray and I pray and I finish my prayer, I open my eyes, I stand up and I walk my way and maybe not a single thing has changed in my external circumstances. And maybe they never will. But do you know what the reality is? The reality is, through prayer, something has changed. No matter what, something has changed. You have changed. You have changed as a person. Because before you went to God in prayer, you had all these cares, all these anxieties weighing you down. You had a heavy burden on your shoulders, and you were weighed down. You were barely able to do the actual work that God was calling you to do because you were so weighed down with your cares. And now through prayer, you've cast your cares on the Lord. You've cast your burden on the Lord. And the result is this. He's lifted them off you. And you don't have those cares weighing you down anymore. Because you've prayed. And you've cast all your care upon Him. How important that is for our daily living. This is, this is the exhortation we need because we, this is where we struggle. When we've cast all our cares on the Lord, such an enormous weight falls off our shoulders. Right? I don't have to be in control of the outcome of this situation. When we cast our cares on the Lord... There's a peace that floods our souls. I'm, I'm content. I'm satisfied because I know this is what God wants the outcome to be. I'm able to withstand other temptations better. How difficult it is to fight against sin when I'm constantly under this weight of worrying. Right? Then I'm tired spiritually and I become susceptible to falling into other sins. But when I'm not worrying... 
then I am strong. When I cast my care upon the Lord, then I can also bear up more forcefully under these responsibilities that God has given me. And, and we can clothe ourselves with, with humility towards one another. When we cast our cares on the Lord, that sets us free for greater usefulness for our master. And the work does become lighter and it becomes more joyful because we've already committed it all to the Lord in prayer. It's when we've truly cast our cares upon the Lord that we can go forward. We can trust God will bless our efforts. We can trust that God will provide. That's even for the crops. I don't need to worry about anything. I can rest in the promises of my covenant God and the care of my loving Father. And then I set myself fully to do His work with zeal, the work He's given me. And then on top of not carrying my cares upon me, on my own back, I have this confidence as well. God will grant me whatever I ask of Him in faith. Not only do I have those heavy cares no longer weighing me down, but I know, because God's Word tells me, God hears and answers prayer. He will save me. He will help me. My prayer is never in vain in the Lord. We know we have the petitions that we've brought to Him. Beloved, what an encouragement. Pray. In your struggles and discouragements and responsibilities, pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Sometimes we do, but we ought to be praying. And be assured that God cares for you, and He will bless you. He will take care of you. He cares for you. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, what an encouragement as we set our hand to the plow and we look forward. Thou wilt provide, thou dost care. Give us the grace to heed all these admonitions and exhortations and show us thy faithfulness, thy presence, and thy love and draw us closer unto thee that we might be strong in thee and in the power of thy might. Bless us in the rest of this week and bring us again into thy house on the Sabbath day according to thy will. Provide our needs, Lord. We look to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.